Okay, is that, can we just switch over to, is that testing, testing, test, test, yes. We just switch this one off, actually. Jeremy, is it okay? We'll switch those off, yeah, great. Hey, Alistair, that's an early Christmas present for you. Next time you preach. Right, hoping to get feedback. Okay, can everyone hear me? That's working? Woo, all right. Okay, I'm just gonna move that down. Okay. Right, guys, so um, Beth was due to MC this morning, but she's not very, I'm okay. Uh, not feeling very well, sadly, so apologies from her. Um, she's in bed, resting. I don't think she's using an excuse to stay in bed. <laughs> I brought a coffee this morning. I thought that would, you know, get her bright and shiny, but uh, she'll be with us next week, hopefully. Um, just a quick, few quick notices. Uh, first of all, uh, we, kids' work is back on. So we've got uh, kids' work this week, um, and we'll, we will pray for you guys in a minute. Before we do that, we're just going to just take um, offering and tithes. So if KIC Laboa is your church, I encourage you to uh, give. If you're visiting, um, please feel really welcome to just let it pass you by. Um, have we got anyone new this week? Anyone that's the first Sunday at KICL, Compile International Church, Laboa? Any Yay! So we're at the back here. Hi, guys. Welcome. Please say hi to them later on. Don't scare them. Don't hug them too close with COVID and everything, but you can give them a sort of virtual high or fist. And these days, I don't ever quite know what to do. I don't know. I, I sort of go in. To Daniel this morning, I was like, <laughs> which, how, how, do you greet, how do you greet someone these days? Um, but uh, as we know, just meeting here, guys, thanks for keeping masks on. We're just following the SOPs um, as a part of the agreement with the government to be meeting here. Uh, a few other quick notices. We've got a members meeting coming up on the 14th. Got the right date? 14th of November after church. So if you are a member of KICR, we're going to be uh, voting in um, uh, leaders and a few other looking at the budget as well of Compiler International Church. So members, please do keep the 14th. We won't be a long time, um, but just make sure that we're just going to stay after the service for a little bit uh, to, uh, to meet as members. Okay. I can't think of anything else big. Oh, there is one more thing. In November, I haven't got a date yet from Heritage, so Compile International Church, we're part of three churches, uh, Bogolobi, uh, Heritage, and ourselves. Um, we're gonna, there's gonna be a, a Saturday at the uh, McKinley Club, MCC, um, for children, uh, aged roughly between 10 to 16. Uh, more details to follow. I'll get an exact date from Ian Wardle uh, shortly, but just encourage you to um, Keep that free if you have children in those age groups. Just a great chance to meet with other kids um, and um, uh, for fellowship. And we'll be doing a series of workshops and some worship together. Just a chance for them to, to connect. It'd be really, really good. Okay, I think that's it. Let's pray for the kids. Am I getting... Is this going to work? Shall I switch? Okay. Okay. So if you are a child um, between three and... 16, 15, I never quite know where we break it off more. Can you take a stand, just stand up, let's pray for you guys quickly. Great stuff. Okay, good stuff. If you've got someone new, just put your, stretch your arm out to them and we'll just pray for them, okay. So Father, we just thank you uh, for the gift of children in our lives. Father God, uh, such a great gift. And we pray for this next generation. We pray 
uh, just for wisdom and insight and courage and faith. And, and we just pray for those that are leading them this morning. Uh, just pray for a really special time of connecting, um, of hearing about your word, Father God, and uh, just being lifted up and uh, just the truth that just be instilled deep in their hearts, Father. We just pray bless them and bless their time in your precious name. Amen. Right, guys, you're free. You're free, you're free. Okay, um, we're picking up, uh, just before we had the last lockdown, we were um, looking at the strategy of Kampala International Church, um, Laboa, uh, and we've been working on this for over a year, and we were looking at a series of different cultures uh, and goals, and then the lockdown came back, and we sort of, we put a pause on that. Um, we just we didn't quite finish it, so uh, this week I'm going to pick it up again. I'm just going to do a quick uh, five-minute reminder about what they were, um, and then I'm going to go on to the next one, which is on testimonies. Next week, we're talking about missional communities, um, and then we're going to have a final conclusion of that, and then we're going to lead into sort of a Christmas season um, leading up to the wonderful time of year where we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Okay, so that's big context. So uh, if we jump on, do we just the next one? Uh, don't worry about the details, but just to say, we, we did a really in-depth um, and a long time of praying and discussing and debating and wrangling and trying to work out where we're going as a church. We use this framework here. I'm not going to explain it right now, but if you'd like to find out more about it, I'm happy to share that with you anytime. But we come, jump on, Jimmy. Out of it, one of the things we looked at was obviously just the mission of our church. And we, we wanted something that's memorable for us. So we came up with this, accepted and transformed to bring God's kingdom into our world. Okay, so as a church, we really feel that uh, one of the hallmarks of KICL is that we accept people of any sort of background. Okay, so uh, I love the fact that we're, we're multinational. Uh, we've got Ugandans and people from the Congo and people from the UK, and we even let the Irish come here as well. In fact, the Irish helped set, set this church up, so I shouldn't mock them too much. But all sorts of nationalities, and that's just such, such an enrichment and just such a, a great representation of the kingdom of God. So, um, Jim, if you go back one, sorry, one sec. So, so that word accepted is just really key for us. But we're not just accepted, we also want to be transformed in our walk with God. Yeah? So we don't want to just remain the same, but we're maturing day by day as we walk forward in our walk with God. Yeah? So we want this to be a place to be a, a church where um, we challenge and encourage and uh, empower and equip uh, and again, that's another hallmark of this church over the, over the last decade or so. People have come in and they've gone out to other parts of the world and they're impacting uh, all corners of the world, okay? Both here and across Uganda as well. And to bring God's kingdom into our, our world. So Jesus constantly talks about the kingdom, okay? The kingdom representing what heaven is like. And we sort of live in this now but not quite yet where we sort of see some breakthroughs but not always. But we'll always have a stance, we'll stand believing that God will break into people's lives, whether it's their marriages or whether it's the miraculous or whatever it is. Our, our mandate from God is to share the kingdom of God wherever we go. So we just felt accepted and transformed to bring God's kingdom into our world was just a great summary. And I just encourage you, if you haven't memorized that, please do, okay? If that doesn't resonate with your heart, you're very welcome to join Watoto. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I hope it does. I, I don't know what part of that wouldn't possibly resonate with you, but just... If you want to know who are we, and if you're visiting for the first time, this very much summarizes uh, the path that we're on. Okay, Jim, if we jump on, buddy, and to the next one. That's fine, we'll leave that one today. Okay, so one of the things we spoke about last time as well is culture. 
Okay? So we don't want to just go from A to B. And often I, I, I sort of share, it's a bit like um, if I was traveling from here, okay, um, all the way to Jinder, for example, my end goal, okay, the, the, the environment I want to take that journey in, okay, if I was a very rich man, I'd be in a brand new Prado. If I was an MP of the Ugandan government, I'd get a new car, wouldn't I? Is that right? I think everyone gets a new car. It's like luxurious trip to Ginger, okay? Um, and culture is almost, it's almost like that. It's like, well, I don't want to just get there, and at the end of it, we all sort of hate each other, and we're frustrated, and we're burnt out, and we're tired and angry and all these things. But really, we want to live, it, live this kingdom out in a culture that's a kingdom culture. So the cultures that we thought represented us, both in our strengths and areas we want to grow in, are, Jimmy, if we jump to the next one, okay, family, we are a family. Okay, and what I love about family is, um, you, in, in the physical sense, you don't tend to choose your family. I didn't choose my dad. God chose me to put my family with my father and my mother. My, and I've got brothers, and they are my blood brothers. Okay, but we're also family, part of the Christian family. And family is so powerful. You know, it doesn't matter what happens. Family keeps the issues, uh, it keeps the relationship of life above the issues of life. Does that make sense? We keep the relationship above the issues. And that's one of the things around family that we unpacked last time. Right, Jimmy, go to the next one. Discipleship, we think one of the hallmarks of KICL is that we're, we're a church of discipleship. Okay, so, so Monica, along with a great leadership team, uh, has a really strong discipleship program where we're maturing believers in their faith. Okay, that's something that, a history that we have that's strong, and it's also something we want to build on and think, how can we capitalize on this and ensure that, in, in a sense, we're all, we're all disciples, yeah? We're all maturing and being taught about who Christ is, what the truth of the Bible is, yeah, and living and maturing in that. But discipleship is, is another culture. Okay, Jimmy, let's go for it. Worship, when I first visited KICL a few years ago, what, what really drew me to the church was just the worship. I, I, I love uh, the way we do worship. I just, I just really sense there's often there's time for the Holy Spirit to move. I just feel we get into the presence of God. Um, nothing against if, if, if you're from a background of singing hymns and all these sort of, I came from quite a traditional background, um, that was great, to be honest, but in my, in my child years, it put me off my faith completely. I found it very boring. Church was a very dull affair. Um, but coming in and just allowing the spirits to move and being led in worship, and we are blessed with many, many great um, uh, band worship members and worship leaders. Yeah, we are, I, I, I think it's another strength. And as, as from what I understand of the church over the last few years, it's something that's been so great about KICL. Yeah, so that's something that we just want to, want to hold on to, talk about, uh, and, and push uh, push the frontiers in that one. Jimmy, let's go for the next one. Authenticity, authentic. I love this word. I, I think another thing that I found over the last quarter of a century being a Christian is that there's not too many churches where they're just really authentic about who they are. And often, I think as leaders, we have to demonstrate that. Okay, so you'll, you'll notice this. You've been here a while that often we'll say from the front, hey, this is who I am. This is where I'm from. These are my failings this week. Okay, I'm not... This just because I'm up here as part of the leadership team, I'm not some perfect individual. I'm a, I'm a failed human being saved by the grace of Christ. Yeah? And I think when there's authenticity from the leadership, it gives room for authenticity within the fellowship. Yeah? And being real. Yeah? So we will make mistakes. We will, you know, I, whether you've ever admitted or not, we've all made mistakes. We will continue to make mistakes. But by the grace of God, we stand. Yeah? And we accept and we love one another. And we say, okay, Joe Bloggs, I'm so sorry that's happened. Let me walk this journey with you. Yeah, we dig deep. We try and find out, well, why has that happened? What's the root issue of this? It's not what's presenting. It's not I'm having sex outside marriage and all these various things. There's a root issue that goes on underneath all that. Does that make sense? So we don't just 
condemn and say, well, forget, you can't be part of this church. Yeah, we, we challenge and, and live authentic lives. And that is iron sharpening iron. And that's just one area. That I'm, I'm really passionate about that. Okay, so this is an authentic church and it will continue to grow in that. All right, so we will be real. We won't live behind masks. We will be, this is the reality of who we are. The good, the bad, the ugly, and the beautiful, as I like to say. Right, honor, culture of honor. This is always a hot topic in Africa. I'm originally from Zimbabwe, and honor, uh, when the local minister comes at the airport, Harare International Airport, often he arrives in a limousine, and he has an entourage of people, and they're on their knees as he walks through uh, the arrivals, and that's what they sometimes regard as honor. I, no, <laughs> that's not what I'm passionate about. But I'm passionate about the fact that we're made in the image of God. Yeah? We are all made in the image of God. And therefore, that, that just, that is honor. You know, just the fact that you are made in the image of God, we honor the image of God. Yes? We honor one another. All right? So we're not putting people up on a pedestal, but we're honoring the fact that we're made in His very image. And a culture of honor, like I've often said, what happens, like for preachers, for example, especially if you've got a visiting preacher, we'll let them come to the front, we'll pray for them. And then we'll just see how they preach. And if it's a really poor preach, we won't, you know, we'll give them an English clap at the end, yeah? But if it's a great preach, everyone will be like, yes, that's brilliant, okay? So we're sort of, what we're doing there is we're saying, we're, we're gonna judge you on your performance. We're gonna honor you on what you achieve. That's not what we mean by this culture of honor. If we have a visiting preacher, what I want us to be is, I wanna clap them in as though Uganda's won the World Cup. Yeah, brilliant. We honor you because you made the image of God and you're coming to share the kingdom of God. Not because of your performance, but because of your identity in Christ. We don't work for identity. I've often said this. We work from identity. Does that make sense? Yeah? So, culture of honor and how we treat others, but how we treat each other. Yeah? So, we can disagree with each other, but we can honor one another in our disagreement. Yeah? I hope that makes sense. I'm seeing some nodding. Okay, good. Right. Anyway, so uh, we'll go for that's That's the five. Um, just reminding you, we will unpack them a little bit more in a couple of weeks' time, just to try and re-embed it, okay? And we will bang this drum many times. Um, hopefully not so you get so disillusioned, oh, I'm so tired of hearing this, but we really want to live this out. Um, I'm going to try and uh, see if we can even get magnets or something, something on the fridge. You just remember it. Or maybe we'll print it on mugs, I don't know, something cheesy, all right? Just some way that you remember what these are, and we hold each other accountable for it, Okay? And one of the churches I was part of about 15 years ago, honor was one of the cultures they had. And I used to get challenged in day-to-day -day life. You know, so if I was sarcastic, I'm quite sarcastic in my humor at times. And if it was ever at the expense of someone else, one of, the, one of uh, my, my lead elder, the guy who used to mentor me for many years, said, Rory, that's not the culture of honor. You're, making, you're, you're using humor at the expense of your friend. And so we challenge one another just in the day-to-day -day life of how we live, how we speak, and how we treat one another. Okay, let's jump on, Jimmy. Right, so once we did the, those five cultures, then we talked about goals. Okay, if we just jump on. One of the goals we had, we looked at where we were, we thought, well, we've got about 60-ish adults that, that, that are committed to a level at KICL. And we thought, in the next three years, where do you want to get to? So we jump on. And we thought, let's go for 200. So with these goals, we want them to be at a level where it's not stupid, it's not like, well, let's be a church of a thousand. We can just do it in the next couple of years. We thought, what's something that needs God to get there? Okay, but isn't so crazy that we haven't even engaged a God? Okay, but isn't so easy that we can do it in our own strength? I don't think we can do that in our own strength, especially with COVID that sort of hit 
as we launched into this. I'm sort of thinking, oh, how are we going to get there now? Okay. But I can already see on Sundays, the numbers are starting to increase as the weeks go by. Um, but we're going to have to think about how do we grow to 200 committed people. All right, let's jump on to it. And then on leadership, and leaders, by this we mean not just leaders like the, the, the senior leadership team here, but we mean people that lead worship, people that lead the welcome team, people that, that lead the kids groups. Okay, so it's, it's a wider um, uh, definition of what we mean by leadership. And let's jump on. We thought, we'd love to see 50 leaders grow, okay, in this church. So it could then go on to other places and impact other places. doesn't mean necessarily they're just involved in leadership here. But we want to create opportunities in areas of KICL where uh, you can lead if you feel called to do that, yeah? We all lead our own lives. You're all leaders in one sense, yeah? But we're looking to invest in particular to get to 50 leaders, okay? 100% resource. So we had a great talk on, on, on how do we, you know, to get, to, to fulfill that, that mission, to fulfill the, those cultures and those goals, um, we thought, do we talk about a figure? We thought, no, we don't do that. We just want to say we have 100%, all the money that we need to do that, we have it. Yeah, we're a generous community. Um, not raising money just for the sake of it, but we want to make sure that uh, as a church, we step up to the plate, both of our time, that's resource, but also of our finances as well. Okay. And then uh, we looked at the number of groups we had through COVID and the rest of it. Uh, nine groups. Who's jumping on, Jimmy? And uh, this is a bold one again. Okay, 20 missional or small groups. I'm going to unpack what missional communities are more next week. But suffice to say, missional community really gathers around a purpose. So Laboa is the, where God has planted our church. We might say, I often say, I love coffee. I can have a missional community that just loves coffee. And the missional community, its purpose is not only to gather and have fellowship, but a place where non-Christians feel comfortable to be with you. Yeah? So we might say, look, on a Saturday morning, why don't we just go and uh, try these coffee, coffee places around Kampala? We'll do, you know, maybe we'll put on a few, a couple of combis, and we'll just, you know, just do, I, don't, I don't know. I'm thinking outside the box there. Okay? Maybe, um, you know, we started engaging with the OC, the, the, the officer in charge of, of, of Laboa. Maybe your passion is let's help the police force. Let's raise some money at Christmas for their families. Let's pray for them. Let's find out what are the issues of Laboa, of crime and, and challenge in this, in this community. How can we impact this community? Yeah? That could be another mission community. Uh, but as well as that, we're going to also um, develop, hopefully, small groups. So you might say, Roy, I just don't want to be involved in that, but I just want to have some fellowship. We're going to hopefully create space for that as well in the next couple of years. Okay. All right. We also shared about testimonies, and this is what I'm going to unpack for about 10, 15 minutes this morning, okay, what testimonies are. And we found increasingly, just before, the, before COVID hit, that there was more and more of God breaking in, Yeah. We heard of, you know, this person's ankle was healed. This marriage was strengthened. This person went up into, uh, into the bush and God broke out and did some remarkable things. So we, we had many testimonies. We weren't very good at recording them. We're still not very good at recording them, to be honest. We've got to work out how to do this. But let's jump on, Jimmy. We're, we're praying over the next couple of years that um, we will find uh, 100 testimonies that we can share and that will encourage us. And this is what I now want to unpack. Okay, we just jump on. Those are all the goals. Let's jump on again. All right. Let's stop then. Okay. Let's, um, let's just pray before I go into this. Father, we just thank you for the journey that you've got, on, you've got us on as a church. We thank you for the chance to define who we are, where we've come from, Father, and where we really want to head to as Kampala International 
church, Lord God. And as we unpack testimonies this morning, Father, I pray that just some of the testimonies shared this morning will encourage us. I pray that we'll, we'll, we'll look at the theological foundation of what testimony is, Father God, and that as we look over our shoulders and see all that you've done through history from Adam and Eve to today, Father God, that that will give us the boldness and courage to bring your kingdom wherever we walk, Father God. Let us never be a people that forget the testimonies of what you've done. Let us always honor your name. So be with us this morning, we pray. Amen. Okay. Right. My challenge is this, guys. We owe the world an encounter. Yeah? We owe you and I all owe the world an encounter. And we see this throughout Scripture. For all, Paul once said this in 1 Thessalonians 1.5, For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. Let me say that again. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. Okay? So the word of God, it's this tension, isn't it? It's the word of God, the Bible, which is absolute foundation for our walk with God. Yeah? Never do I want to discourage us spending at least a few minutes every day of our lives in the Bible understanding this is the truth, this is the living word of God. So when you're not quite hearing from God, you can go to the Bible and you can see what God has done, is doing, and is going to do. Yeah? So I, I challenge you, if you're someone that struggles to read the word of God, get back into it. Okay? But it's not just the word of God. The word of God, God is alive. Okay? And Paul says, we didn't come even just with the word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit with full conviction. Do you have full conviction? Are you fully convicted that God is alive? Are you fully convicted that Christ is Savior? Are you fully convicted that when you see an impossible situation that God can possibly break into that situation and completely transform it? Because he has, he is, and he will do. He has, he is, and he will do. You see, when Jesus had called the 12 disciples together, he gave them, gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases, and he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick, Luke 9, 1. So Jesus modeled preaching the kingdom and demonstrating it through miracles. In Colossians, it says, Christ is the image of the invisible God. It pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell. What does that mean? It basically means this slide here. Jesus is perfect theology. So if we are tempted to believe something about God that we can't see revealed in Christ, then we better reject it in his life and ministry. Jesus perfectly represented the Father by doing what his Father did and saying what his Father said. Let me say that again. If we are tempted to believe something about God that we can't see revealed in Christ, then we better reject it. In his life and ministry, Jesus perfectly represented the Father by doing what his Father did and saying what his Father said. So one of the primary truths that Jesus proved is that it's simply impossible, it is simply impossible to represent God accurately without demonstrations of power. Miracles are not something that only Jesus and a small number of highly anointed ministers are expected to produce. The anointing that was on Christ is the same Holy Spirit who has been given to every believer. And a key part of this, I believe, is the power of testimony. 
A testimony, go next one, Jimmy. A testimony is the written or spoken record of anything that God has done, and every part of that record becomes your family history the moment you are born again. I want to say one more time. A testimony is the written or spoken record of anything that God has done, and every part of that record becomes your family history the moment you are born again. David declared this in Psalm 119. I have inherited your testimonies forever, for they are the joy of my heart. I have inherited your testimonies forever, for they are the joy of my heart. So the testimony of what the Lord has done helps us to remember who God is, what his covenant is like, and who he intends to be in our lives. Every testimony of his work in someone's life is a prophecy for those with ears to hear. Okay, every testimony of his work in someone's life is a prophecy for those with ears to hear. In Revelation 19:10, it says this, for it is the spirit of prophecy who bears testimony to Jesus. Okay, so as you became a Christian, the great joy is all the history of what's happened since Adam and Eve to today, okay, is part of your testimony as a believer. That's part of your family history as well. That's a history you can look back into and take great courage and encouragement and faith as you step forward. And that's why it's so important, going back to the Bible, that you understand those stories, yeah? And you read them. I, for my, if you've got kids, one of the things we did early on was my son, Reuben, loves Minecraft. So I bought him a Minecraft Bible. I wish I had one of these as a kid, okay? And he must have read that about 50 times now, all right? And okay, the, the, the artistic impression of Minecraft is not maybe not a full re- realization of some of the stories that happened, you know, a bit blocky and there's, there's a bit of craziness in the book. But there's fundamental kingdom truths. And he knows these stories. So I even said to him last night, we were chatting about something in the Old Testament, and something that I'd forgotten. He said, oh yeah, well I read that in my Minecraft Bible, Dad. (laughs) Now as he gets older, obviously we would encourage him to spend more time in Scripture and in the Bible, okay? But this is an accessible bit of material that he can use to understand the kingdom of God because I want him to know the history of what he has before him. His forefathers, yeah? What God has done. And so he can take faith in the situations that he walks in. Does that make sense? Whether it's the way that God showed incredible grace to King David when he fell. Yeah? And even through his sin, the line of Jesus Christ comes to fruition. There's an incredible sense of, of restoration. And so we want our children, the next generation, to understand those stories and know those stories. Okay? So... These testimonies are a promise that God will do the same for us because God is no respecter of persons and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So God is not going to change. You can't say, well, God used to do that. That's something I got as a kid when I read Acts and, the, and some of the guys I spent time with. He doesn't do that anymore, Rory. That's the, that's the old times. That's the old apostles. We never see those things. Such a load of rubbish. My gosh, I've seen more incredible things. I've witnessed and seen more incredible things than some of the things I've read about in the Bible. Not to disrespect those things. Okay? I've seen even more incredible things in the Bible. I haven't seen the, uh, Lake Victoria Park quite yet, so allow Ugandans to cross over and buy lunch or something. Um, that's a poor joke. But point being, you know, there's incredible things in the Bible, but I want you to believe that Jesus said, you will do greater things. You will see greater things. Do you really believe that? Do you really believe it? Or are you suffering from disappointment or hurt or loss? Because it's not easy, is it? I've, I've prayed for friends and they've been healed from cancer. I've prayed for friends and they've died, even my own cousin in front of my right eyes. 
Do, can I reconcile it? No, I can't. I'm just like, God, I don't understand this. But God promises you peace beyond understanding. Our Greek mindset is, I've got to try and understand it intellectually. And if I can't understand it intellectually, God just comes in and just bashes that aside. Yeah? Focus on Jesus Christ. Trust him. Work through your disappointment. Trust him that you will see greater things, no matter what has happened before. Okay? Now, the challenge here with testimony is that testimony must be heard. It must be spoken, and it must be written down, and it must be reviewed. It must be heard, spoken, written down, and reviewed. If you look in the Bible, Israel fell so many times and backslid so many times whenever they forgot their testimony. But when they recalled the testimony of what God did before, anticipation increased, and so did the miraculous. The testimonies are God's tools that equip us to walk in our purpose to demonstrate what he's like through the miraculous. First, they reveal the nature of God, and secondly, they create an expectation in our hearts for God's ways to be manifested in our lives. You see, the Hebrew word for testimony, and I won't pronounce it correctly because I can't pretend I speak original Hebrew or anything, um, is aiduf, aiduf, A-Y-D-O-O-T-H. If you do, you can tell me afterwards how to pronounce that correctly. But basically, it means this, do it again. Do it again. You've done it before, do it again. Okay, so the word testimony in Hebrew Okay? Do it again with the same power and authority. Every time we speak out or read a testimony, we're saying, Lord, do it again with the same power and the same authority. So every record of what God has done in the generations past is a promise of what he'll do again in our lives because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. A minister once said this, just to summarize this. He says, when people hear about what God used to do, one of the things they say is, I mean, next one, Jimmy. I'm sorry. Next one. Okay. When people hear about what God used to do, one of the things they say is, oh, but that was a very long time ago. But I thought it was God that did it. Has God changed? Is he not an unchanging God, the same yesterday, today, and forever? Does that not furnish an argument to prove that what God has done at one time, he can do at another? Nay. I think I may push it a little further and say... What he has done once is a prophecy of what he intends to do again. Whatever God has done is to be looked upon as a precedent. Let us with earnestness seek that God will restore us, restore to us the faith of the men of old, that we may richly enjoy his grace and as in the days of old. That was Spurgeon, 1859. So the testimonies of God are what connect each succeeding generation of believers to his promises. In Psalm 78, it says this, He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our forefathers to their, teach their children, so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. And this is why Beth and I um, have and continue to not only share the, the, the truth of the scripture with our children, but we, we try to live naturally supernatural lives in everything that we do. If we go back one slide, Jimmy. So one of the things we've done over the years is something called treasure hunting. And this is basically just a, a catalyst to get us out into the streets of life. And it's something that we're gonna look at doing in the next, next few months, all right? If it's something that um, captures your imagination. And simply put, all we do is we sit down, we just pray, and we ask God a few simple things. Who do you want us to talk to? What's their issue? Tell us something unusual about them and where are we going to find them? Okay? 
And then we go out and we just see what God wants to do. Here's just a few examples of what's happened over the years. So top right, there's a lady there in Harare. It lived about a mile from our house. And on that day, we just went out and, and, and with those clues, it sort of led us to this lady who had the issue that we're talking about. And what was fascinating was that God not only came and healed, she had a, an issue of falling during the war, during the Rhodesian War, the civil war in Zimbabwe. Um, she uh, was injured in her ankles. And we prayed for her and God healed her, which was amazing. Okay, it was exciting. It was, it was like brilliant. And what I found so fun about that was that my own father fought in the same war on the other side. And it's just God's grace in his kingdom, isn't it? And then here is a son of faith, because my father came to faith, um, was back in the streets praying for the very people that he was fighting, and God was breaking out and healing them. Um, so that's part of our testimony and history as a, as a family. And you notice in the bottom middle, you see Reuben, that's Reuben there with the hat on the left, okay? And there's Beth praying with this lady. And what was fun here was just a very small example of testimony creating a catalyst domino effect, okay? So this lady, um, what happened with her again, I, I think for her is a knee, if I remember correctly, I have to look back at my records, but I think her knee, there's an issue with her knee. And once you prayed for her, and God came and healed her, the lady in the red on the top left then wants a prayer for one, a member in her family in her car, and then the guy, you see me in the background, the guy in the next car then heard what happened to that lady, and that lady heard what happened to the other lady, and we prayed for that guy in that car, and so it just sort of cascaded on in the morning. It's not always like that, okay? I'm not some super, I'm not at all, okay? God has enabled and equipped us all to do this, but it was a fascinating morning where we sort of took the testimony of what happened on this car, shared it with the next car, and then God broke out again. Okay, he's done it once, he's done it again. Now sometimes it might be a testimony from years ago and God will break out and do it. Sometimes he just loves to turn up and just do some really fun stuff there in the moment. Okay? So that's one way in which us as a church, that we can do that. But that is a reason why we have written down 100 testimonies. And it's not just these miraculous things. Okay, I'm giving you some of the icing on the cake. It's also stuff like restoring a marriage. Okay? Fight someone, blessing a business. Okay? I think sometimes, we're, we're, because of the prosperity gospel, we're fear, fearful about that. But God doesn't want you, you suffering on the street with no money and no future. He wants you to have a successful business and wants you to be able to raise your family and provide for your family and all these various things, okay? So the testimonies might not just be the physical healing. It could be just breakthrough on the business side. It could be breakthrough in relationships, whatever it might be, all right? Um, But I think for us, I want us to make sure that we don't forget what God has done. We don't fail to record what he's doing now. And we don't suffer from lack of belief or disappointment to not push and be courageous into all he's calling us into. All right? I don't want us to become like a movement in 100 years where they look back, a bit like um, the Methodist movement, where those people were, were known when Wesley used to preach. Wesley was a famous preacher all those years ago. He used to preach, and people were so impacted by the presence of God, they would literally fall out of trees. Now, no offense to Methodists, I have many friends with People fall out of their pews because they're so bored of church life. Okay? I want them falling out of trees because they've, they've met the living God. Okay? That's the difference. And that's why it's a core value for us. So I want us to position ourselves for God to break out. I want us to be faithful in the recording of what God is going to do. Okay? You might say, well, Rory, we're just a small church. Okay, I don't mind. But God changed the world with 12 disciples. I'm sure he can change the whole of Laboa and beyond 
with a church right now at around 50 to 60 people, which will grow. I have total faith God will do that. All right? Let me finish with this quote, and then I'd like to just give us five minutes where I'm going to ask you, and sorry if you don't like this, introverts like my wife, I'm going to get into very small groups for literally five minutes, and I want you to share a testimony of something that God has done in your life. It can be from 20 years ago. It can be from last week. Okay? But then what we're then going to do is I'm going to ask just one or two just to very quickly share from the front something that God has done. Because there's testimonies all around this room right now. We just haven't had an opportunity to share them. But let me just leave you with this quote. It says this. So the will of God is this. On earth as it is in heaven. Isn't that basic? Isn't it refreshing? When we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, we're simply praying for the king's dominion and will to be realized right here, right now. That is a life-transforming, paradigm-shattering way to do normal Christianity. God has not kept his desire secret. He wants the reality of heaven to invade this rebel-torn world, to transform it, to bring it under his headship. What is free to operate in heaven, joy, peace, wisdom, health, wholeness, and all the other good promises we read about in the Bible should be free to operate here on this planet, in your very home, your church, your business, and your schools. What is not free to operate there, sickness, disease, spiritual bondage, sin, should not be free to operate here, period. This, in a nutshell, is our assignment as believers on earth, and that is what our church is focused on. We're out to destroy the works of the devil. It's an awesome way to live. When we make this our mission, lives are set free, bodies are restored, darkness lifts from people's minds, the rule of the enemy is pushed back in every way imaginable, businesses grow healthy, relationships flower again, people reconnect with their calling and purpose in life, churches grow, and cities feel the effect of having the kingdom flourishing within them. Things happen regularly that are so extraordinary, it's like stepping into the pages of a good novel, but it's not a made-up lifestyle. It's the lifestyle for which we were made and born for. Let's stand quickly, guys. So, Father, we just I thank you so much for our church, Compile International Church. You are not a God of accidents. We are not here today as an accident, Father God. You knew that this day, this October day, Father God, 2021, in the middle of a pandemic, this is the church we'll be part of. This is the service that we would be at. And whether we're visiting and this is just passing through to other places, Father God, or whether this is our church, we call this our church, Father God, I pray, come and meet us now. Father, I pray, just bring your Holy Spirit. I, I, I pray that you will remove the disappointments for those, I just know that, that some of you are disappointed because of where God has not broken in the way you expected him to break him. Where maybe you've lost loved ones, like I have, that have died in front of your eyes. Where the jobs have been lost. Whether whatever has happened as a result of the pandemic as well. But God is a God who is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He has the big picture in mind. He is faithful. He will come through. And Father, let us not allow the disappointment of life to hold us back, but let us take courage, Father God, and faith and belief that we, us, by your grace of your Holy Spirit, can bring your kingdom wherever we walk, in every conversation, every relationship, every family, every friendship, Lord Jesus. So just do that and give us the courage we need to break off the fear of man and what people think about us, Father God. But let us be faithful for the audience of one. 
you, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for us and saved our very lives. In your precious name, amen. Amen. Right, um, just very quickly, it's going to be very fast because I'm conscious of time, so this can be literally two minutes. I would like you to try and just gather around, but, but not obviously being shoulder to shoulder. Just, just gather around, and I think do it standing, it's faster. Just find a group of just four or five people, okay? So this area here, if I just group Sarah, if you just gather a group there with Matt and the others, you guys here in the middle. Jerry, you can join this group as well. Um, can you guys just gather together? Okay, well, a couple of groups there. Another group here on the right, a group at the back with Daniel and Alistair. Okay, great, that's great. So guys, just, um, you can sit if you want to sit, feel welcome, but if you want to stand, because you've been sitting for a while, feel welcome to stand. We've got just a couple of minutes, just a, not everyone's going to get a chance, but just share to say, here's a test me, here's something that God has done before, okay, and I'd like to see it again, okay? It could be marriage, relationships, finances, business, whatever it might be, but just share a testimony, okay? Okay, and I'll give you like two to three minutes to do that, all right?